Hey y'all, welcome back to the house you live in. My name is Genevieve Henderson, and I'm your host. So wherever you are listening to this, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, send it to your friends and family, whoever you think might resonate with the things we talk about on here. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. I found my way, I found my way. I was in the dark against it all, but made it through the day. Cause I found my way, I found my way. In bad times, I know I'll be okay. Cause I found my way. On today's five minute appetizer, I want to talk about something called broaching. Broaching is something at the beginning of the counseling process. What it does is it's been found to increase counselor credibility, enhance client satisfaction, deepen client disclosure, and reduce premature termination rates. It also increases clients' willingness to return for sessions. Broaching is where you share different things about oneself or different experiences that you've had in your life that you think might pertain to the counseling process. For example, it's usually used to help with different experiences, especially in a cultural setting. Obviously, everyone's different and everyone has different experiences and also sees different experiences. What broaching helps to do is state the obvious that is in the room, that the counselor has never experienced or known what it's like to live and to walk in the client's shoes and pretty much talking about the elephant in the room. So there's a continuum of five different broaching styles ranging from pretty closed off to very open. Um, And I'm honestly just going to read it off because the authors who wrote about this write it a lot better than I can make it up. So did some research and just wanted to make sure I was clear on the five different broaching styles. First one is avoidant. Basically, the counselors maintain a race-neutral perspective and minimize racial differences or make no attempt to broach. The next one is isolating. Counselors broach race simplistically. Next step is continuing slash incongruent, in which counselors invite clients to explore the impact of race on experiences. Next is integrated congruent, in which counselors broach effectively inviting clients to interpret experiences through their own cultural lenses. And last is infusing, in which counselors regularly broach as part of a commitment to social justice, equality, and the abolition of oppression. The counseling program I'm in, I would say, utilizes and highlights the fourth and the fifth of those five broaching styles. The program I'm at, we've been taught to broach that it's not just at the beginning of the session and it's not just in the first session. It continues as you and your client and as the relationship builds. As more gets brought into the uh, counseling space, there might be opportunities to help broach for clients. And so inviting clients to share these things and to state that you know, not all experiences are the same as one continues to learn about oneself and as a counselor continues to learn about the client. This is an opportunity for the client and the counselor to deepen that bond and enact further change. Overall, it reduces the barriers that may exist between client and counselor and it, it just brings unique experiences into the room. It provides a connection through differences. For me, it's helped me understand and recognize that my experiences are my own and people only know what they know. Broaching has helped me bring it out into the real world and connect with people I might not have always connected with. I also, in my own counseling process with my own therapist, recognize and realize the different moments that my therapist has broached or has 
talked about different topics and shared her experiences and done it in a way that didn't take the focus off of me, but it took the focus off of our differences and helped us join during the counseling session. I encourage you, if you are seeking therapy or if you're in it right now, I encourage you to notice and recognize if these differences are brought into the room. Even if you and your counselor look the exact same, if you are from the same area, you grew up in the same type of family, you still have different experiences and different cultures that you've been a part of. And I think it's important to make sure that you're exploring these because by exploring these, it invites others to explore it as well. sitting currently at the top of Loveland Pass, which is a pass just outside of Denver. I mean, not just outside of Denver. It's like an hour and a half outside of Denver. It's one of my favorite views that is easily accessible. Literally just drove up here to sit, watch the sunset, um, go on a little walk. So the office is looking good today. The mountains are snow-capped which means key season is upon us. Um, Keystone did already open, so I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, today's episode, I want to talk about social media. I am always on it, it feels like. I'm always scrolling or doing something that involves social media, whether it's taking photos, taking videos, posting about something, looking at Twitter, looking at Instagram, Mindlessly or intentionally, I feel like I'm always somewhat connected to social media. Today and right now, I took the moment to unplug and just sit and stare at the mountains. My phone's been on airplane mode for the past two hours. I have some music downloaded that I was listening to on my way up, and I wanted to disconnect for a little bit. I've been traveling a ton, haven't really been up to the mountains in honestly a couple weeks and been on my phone a lot, been on my computer a lot, so much needed mountain time, no phone time, and I guess I'll talk about social media while I'm off of it. Whenever I am in a place where I have no service, I'm in the mountains or I'm busy, I find myself taking photos and videos and I take them sometimes for the intention of having them for myself and then other times I take them so I can post them later and I can show off what I've been doing. I can share the things I've been doing. For me, whenever I take photos and videos and if I take them to post on Instagram or post on Facebook, I always feel so stressed. Like I'm looking at my phone, I'm making sure that the photos are perfectly edited. I'm checking to make sure that I take multiple just in case there's one that looks better from a different angle or the lighting is a little bit better. And I get so anxious and stressed and I end up honestly not even doing anything with them because I take so many videos and photos that I get overwhelmed and I don't even want to use them or go through them. So recently what I've been trying to do is really reflect what's my intention behind taking photos because sometimes you see something and you want to capture it because you never want to forget that moment. And then sometimes, at least me, I see something and I'm like, this would look freaking sweet. I want to post about this. I want people to see that I did something really cool and accomplished something, which is also great, but not when it has a negative effect on me. For example, I went to Hawaii with my family, took a ton of photos 
of me and my sister and my and my parents and the ocean and you name it palm trees all of it but I took so many photos that I got anxious to post them and then I got stressed about going through them and not having posted them and I was more anxious and it was literally on my to-do list post photos from Hawaii and I got home after like a super long trip I had been gone for two weeks and I walk in the door and Rachel and Becca are sitting there and I was like you know we were checking in kind of catching up and I had this long list of things I needed to get done schoolwork laundry you know whatever like pick up new food for JLo post to Instagram and I was talking to Rachel about what I needed to get done that week. And she was like, wait, that's on your to-do list? And I was like, yeah, I'm like so anxious. I feel like I just need to post it. And she was like, just enjoy. You just had an awesome trip. Don't feel pressure to post about your trip. And it was one of those moments I kind of stopped. And I was like, that's a really good point. I get anxious about social media when I'm on it. I get anxious when I'm not on it. And... I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm trying to prove something or create the view or the, the look of something when I'm taking photos. I'm like 10 steps ahead of what I'm doing. And I think sometimes it's good. I work a job where we are super social media heavy. I post things to encourage people. I post things to cheer people on and give shout outs to people and disperse information. Sometimes I find that I get caught up in posting and posting and making sure I have content to put out and it gets so overwhelming that I revert and then I don't post for a long time and I get anxious about the photos I'm taking and the videos I'm taking and just creates a cycle that I don't want to create. On the other side of it, using social media, I'm sure this has happened to almost everyone, but I will be sitting on my phone and not even realize that 30 minutes just went by and I was just scrolling and I'll be sitting there and I'm telling myself okay after this next one just get up put your phone down after this next post get up okay after five more minutes get up and put your phone down and then 30 minutes goes by and I've not moved from the place I'm in the funny thing and it's not even funny I get so annoyed at myself I'll sit back and I'll be like what the fuck did I just look at for 30 minutes like I don't even remember what I looked like or what I looked at and I just spent 30 minutes of my life. Sometimes it's a nice way to decompress, but I'll find that I do that multiple times a day, and that's like two hours. I mean, shit, I turned, I literally turned off the screen time on my phone because I was tired of seeing six hours of my day spent on my phone. Obviously, not all of that was on social media, but a lot of it was Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, you name it. It was not conducive to conducive, conductive conducive it was not conducive to the things that I was doing and the things I wanted to get done and I was finding that I was getting so anxious and so stressed trying to not only create my life to make sure it also looked good on Instagram but trying and feeling that I wasn't doing enough that I wasn't being a good enough friend that I wasn't being good enough to myself doing the things that I needed to get done I was neglecting schoolwork neglecting things that I cared about my creativity went way down and it just didn't make me feel good. I am, I want to say almost 10 months sober from TikTok. I figured out, I would sit down on my phone and it was usually at night after my, like I'd had a long day, I'd done work, school, worked out and I would scroll TikTok and it would be hours, hours on hours. And yeah, it was hilarious. I 
would send it to my friends. I would be able to relate to people who also saw those TikToks. But I wasn't sleeping a ton. And I noticed my concentration was going down and all these other things that were getting impacted by it. I also felt like I wasn't creative enough. I would see all these people who were creating these amazing videos or hilarious videos and creating this brand and content that's like damn like they are crushing it am i should i be doing this should i be doing more am i not doing enough and this feeling of enough kept coming up it comes up when i'm on instagram too and i think it's a dangerous cycle that you can get in that social media is amazing because it connects people from around the world but it also it's a highlight reel and you hear this all the time. I have made it a highlight reel. I've done that. I'm guilty of it. I know my friends and I talk about this, trying to be more realistic and just more aware of the things and the accounts and people we follow. Social media gets dangerous when I can create whoever I want to be perceived as at the touch of my fingertips. I can do take a ton of photos and post them throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. I could be in my deepest, darkest place and post a selfie of me smiling and no one would have any idea. I've been trying to be very careful about what identity and what brand, if you will, am I trying to create. And really, why am I trying to create this? For me, I want to help people. I want to work with athletes who have recently retired. I want to work with people who are going through big life transitions. And I want to provide a space or an account that reflects that of me. Alignment is what I want. I want alignment in my life, with the relationships in my life, with the relationship with myself, with the things I'm doing and the places I'm going and the people I'm meeting. And I also want that alignment to be reflected within my social media. I want to live a life so much so that when I meet people or when I'm with my friends, my social media, my voice, my presence matches up with who I am. I want it to be healthy and I want it to be real and I want it to be raw and unfiltered. And so that's something I want to work on and want to continue to be aware of as I continue consuming social media and living in this day and age where social media you can find anyone you can be whoever you want to be you can stay in touch with people that you probably wouldn't have stayed in touch with before instagram before facebook my friends and i were talking about high school reunions and how it feels like the last one we went to was a lot smaller than at least our parents had described it being i mean it kind of makes sense we were saying There's no need to meet up with all these people that you went to high school with because you can see everything they're doing, the name of their firstborn child, where they met their fiance. Literally, you can look into people's lives with a click of a button or the tap of a finger. That's amazing. Like, that is awesome that you can stay connected with people. You can connect with people that you never would have met. But at the same time and with it the same hand, you can also create a life that looks a lot different than it actually is. Sometimes when I look at people's families on Facebook, I feel like I'm way behind. I am very single. I don't have a family. I live far away from home. And I feel like it brings up a lot of things for me, questioning who am I? Like, am I? should I be dating more? Should I be engaged? Should I have a family? Like, should I not have moved out of the South? what's right what's wrong like are they happy are am i happy and social media makes me question a lot of the things that i 
know to be true about myself, or at least I thought to be true about myself. One thing I do love about that is it makes me damn sure when I know I love something, when I see it on social media and I'm like, you know what? That's awesome for them. I'm so happy I'm at where I'm at. It was not always that way. I used to do, and still, I mean, I still do a lot of comparing to myself with other people that I will come across, whether it's someone I know or someone that I stumble upon, but social media has deeply impacted me. I always say I'm terrified of people who don't have social media. Terrified, but also very impressed. I think people who don't have social media are the most powerful people on earth. They have so much time. They are have creativity and all these things that I want to have but also at the same time I love how in touch I am with some of my friends sending whether it's sending memes commenting um, I'm able to stay up to date on people's lives and sometimes I use that too much to a fault but for me it's a way to stay connected with people um, sometimes too connected and sometimes it's so overwhelming that I'm not connected enough so It's a weird balance that I've had to, and a lot of people I know have had to to walk and figure out. I think what I'm trying to get at and the overarching theme for me of this episode and of this point is that sometimes I use social media to create the identity around what I want to be perceived as. And whenever I do that, I can feel it. I get anxious, I get stressed, I feel like it's an obligation, and it's not something that I want to do. I know, and this is an example from a a longer time ago, but I know when I had broken up with my ex, I was posting photos of myself out and like videos of myself going out and doing fun things, and I mean, I was sad, I I was miserable, but I was making it appear that I was good, and everything was fine and I'm on my way and I was like things were good but things were also very bad at the same time another example is I overload my plate a lot I put a ton of things on my plate because for me how I found is when I have a lot of time I'm not very good at organizing it uh something I'm working on what happens from that is I put off a lot of things I procrastinate but I get to see a lot of the people I care about. I'm usually, at least it feels like, I'm better at catching up with my friends and seeing them. When I'm busy, I get a lot of shit done because I only have a couple hours in the day to do different things and I don't have another option. On the downside of that, I don't see my friends as much. I'm not as intentional, I'm not as present. And I found myself posting everything I'm doing so people know that I'm busy. The saying, oh, I've just been so busy. I hate it in my own personal life whenever I, everyone's busy. I always tell myself, everyone's busy. You make time for the things you want to make time for. You're intentional with the time that you have. Everyone has 24 hours in the day. If you have more than 24 hours, I want to know what the fuck you're doing. Cause I would love to have maybe like 26, 27 hours in my day. For all I know, everyone has the same amount. So whenever I'm like, sorry, I've been so busy, I always get so annoyed with myself. But then I continue and I feed into that cycle and then I just keep posting. So people are like, oh yeah, she is busy. I was at a wedding recently, well, this past weekend, and I realized I was with some of my closest friends and I had 
virtually no idea what was going on in their life. And I stopped. We were walking in the street, and I stopped, and I was like, I am so sorry. I have not been around. They're like, no, no, we know you've been busy. Like, we saw you've been busy. You're fine. And I was like, no, like, it's not fine. I am so sorry. I will and must work to be better about this because I'm creating this identity and I'm telling myself I'm so busy. I can't do this. I'm so busy to check in on people. Yeah, I am busy. Like, I'm very busy, but I'm living that through and I don't want to be too busy for the people I care about. Just like I don't want the people I care about to be too busy for me. And there's a lot of people I know that if I were to pick up the phone and call, they would make time for me. And oftentimes, I mean, if you know me, you know my phone is on Do Not Disturb 24 hours of the day. A lot of times I see people call or I don't even realize people call. And then it's two days later and I'm like, oh shit. Sorry, Mr. Call, I've been so busy. I've been able to use social media and use different platforms to show how busy I am, to show how much I travel, to show that I'm in school and that I'm working. Using social media has been such a blessing. I can stay in contact with my siblings, my parents, my family, my cousins. I can watch my friends and my community and celebrate huge milestones in their life, no matter if they're right next door or if they're a thousand miles away. Social media has allowed me to connect with people I never would have had the opportunity to connect with, to read words and see art that I am so thankful my eyes can see. But it's also disconnected me. It's made me feel less than. It's made me feel like I need to prove something. It's made me feel like I need to create this story and this identity around myself without alignment in my life. So for me, something that I want to be better about and something that I'm striving to work towards is creating more alignment, creating a story and a narrative, not only on social media, but within my own life that supports the things that I care about supports the things that I'm passionate about and that fill me up and don't drain me. And I think it's super important to get really honest with yourself. Check in with how you're feeling when you're scrolling on Instagram. Be aware of how many minutes you're consuming. After this, I'm going to turn back on my minutes and my usage on my phone so I can be very honest with myself of how much I'm using and how much I'm consuming. And then also checking in check in with yourself and you feel really shitty and really down what were the things leading up to that for me i know a lot of times i have bad days i have good days and that's not solely due to being on social media or consuming a ton of that i find that i don't always feel better and nine out of ten times if i'm having a bad day getting on my phone is the last thing i probably should do unless i'm picking up the phone to call someone i care about so i encourage you be really aware of what you're posting why are you posting it what's your intention and what's the story that you're telling yourself and what's the story that you're trying to create i want to be very clear i freaking love my life i love it so much I have really good days. I also have really bad days. Remember that social media is a highlight reel. It is the things that people want to share when they want to share them and where they want to share them. Be conscious of this when you're consuming and be conscious of this when you're putting it out into the world. I'll 
dark against it all, but made it through the day.